0: Hey everybody, welcome to Not Your Moms Podcast. Hit the intro music. Hey everybody, welcome to Not Your Moms Podcast. I'm your host Bob, aka Mr. Incredible, aka Incredible Hulk, aka the pumpkin of fruit. Yeah, let's do it. Fall's coming up. It's about to get filled with pumpkins. Big, beautiful fruit they are, but also not really known as fruit or considered a fruit as delectable as strawberries. Kind of un, like not understood, but you know, I don't need to go too far into it. Just getting all sorts of excited for the fall weather. <laughs> Hope y'all are doing good having a great day, just getting into it. So today's episode, going to cover over a couple different things. I know it's been a while, been busy with a lot, so no excuses though. It's not like I've been doing a bunch of recording, so I'm about to get back on that horse. And first topic for today, well, I guess I can go over a couple different topics I'll be talking about. One will be... Uh, About a ghost video that was posted on Facebook that I saw Kind of brought up some things in a good discussion So I thought I'd bring that up and maybe talk a little about that Also food poisoning, that happened to me Just thought I'd share how that was Also timeshares I know everybody was For a second there thought timeshares aren't a thing anymore Or if there were timeshares They don't sell them anymore, it's just old people kind of sitting on them, regretting doing that 20 some years ago, but they're real. And I definitely experienced them plus other different things like just today or the other day I was reading something on Facebook. You know, Facebook's a great place to find things to talk about or just a great place to Find something to be angry about, good place to express yourself, good place to open discussion. Just depends on what your intention is for posting and having a Facebook. You know, I use it mainly to inspire, motivate, and connect with people I don't see on a regular basis from far distances. Some people use it to hear... um, I wouldn't say hear people complain, but do the complaining and have people be, like hear them to be heard, a platform to complain on, or just people to stalk. That's a huge thing Facebook's famous for, just stalking, you know, people that we weren't able to possibly maybe, you know, have sex with in high school or date in high school or even date at all. And so we want to creep on her Facebook to see if she's still hot or. If she's still single And of course if you're another girl Maybe to get jealous and catty And be like hopefully she gets fat You know I hope she's fat and ugly You know and ages terribly Because she was such a bitch to me in high school Like fuck her God I'm so happy That she's all sad on Facebook I'm going to like her post I don't know Multiple different reasons Maybe it's just so you can plaster the interweb with pictures of your babies, since that's something everybody wants to see. So this friend of mine, new friend, posted something, and it was, To be a woman is to be unapologetically resilient despite everything. You know, I I like that quote. But I'm just unsure why it was just defined to women. I feel to be unapologetically resilient, despite everything, is something all humans could benefit from. And that makes you a strong human. You know, I don't think it's specifically just a quality that makes you a woman. It's not like a vagina. And even now, a vagina doesn't make you a woman. You know? Because many men out there have vaginas and they call themselves men because they choose to be that, live as that, and they energetically feel that's where they feel most comfortable. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. Of course, that's a huge discussion of, you know, what defines male, female versus men, woman, masculine, feminine, you know, all that with the hormones, also with DNA you know, chromosomes, all that, that's a huge discussion, which I will definitely be talking about down the road. Once I have a guest on that maybe has a little bit more knowledge or it opens up more space to have a discussion about that topic. I think that topic's too big for one person. So that will come up later down the road. But what I'm specifically kind of, I think, making a point about is how this is an opportunity to bring all genders together. And instead it's used to separate that. This is just something women have, or to be a woman, I am experiencing these things, which separates me from you because to be a man is to be different. And it's just made me think about all those times that we as humans in society separate gender, you know, men, women, unnecessarily or, um, for unbeknownst reasons, or maybe even out of naive ignorance, just to make a statement about what you're experiencing, but you don't have to define that to just your gender, or even if you are to, you know, get more particular since you can only speak for you really you can't speak for all women what happens if a lot of women don't feel that cuz they're raised differently or they come from a completely different part of the country or many different reasons might make that not something to be a woman cuz now you just made a woman not feel like a woman because she doesn't feel that way so you stripped her of that title because you're saying to be a woman is to be this and what happens if they're that that Are you telling me that they're not a woman? So instead of saying to be a woman, why don't you say for me to be me or for me to be strong or as I stay strong, take full responsibility, put it in first person you and say that you're unapologetically resilient. And despite everything, and maybe that's what makes you a woman, or that may, that's what makes you feel like a woman. Because I feel unapologetically resilient despite everything, but I'm not a woman. I do have feminine energy in me, and I very much harness and am aware and acknowledge my feminine side, my femininity, as everybody possesses both, or yin and yang energy, if you want to take away the gender connotation to it, you know? I very much feel that same way. I just wanted to maybe discuss this or bring this to light as it just really kind of hit me where I agree there are a lot of things that are very much women qualities or feminine qualities or yin qualities. And there are things that are male qualities, masculine qualities, and yang qualities, all separate. But that doesn't define them Or is it not strict to them You know So I just thought I'd bring that up And see if that's something Anybody else can Possibly connect with or think about Maybe open some Discussions So that was just interesting Uh, Facebook Which leads me into My next topic about the Ghost video that was posted (sighs) Now, I guess we can move on to food poisoning, which am not sure if that is a lengthy topic to talk about, but I felt because that was a reason I wasn't recording that maybe I should talk about it, so that way you as my viewers, however many that you are, and I am so thankful that you're listening, it's good to have you, that you should possibly know about it and maybe can hear more of why I've been a little bit absent. So here's one reason. So I had some food and just was wrecked stomach wise and woke up and had one of those moments where it's this weird, crazy thing that laying down, you feel sick and then you stand up and you're ready to throw up. So you walk towards it and then you get down by the toilet. And then it goes away like that urge to throw up for some reason why it goes right. Cause there's nothing better than an easy throw. up. Like I'm about to throw up. I can feel it coming. All right, here we go. And it's out, you know, that's way better than having to sit there and just hur, hur, do like a weird kind of animal call to, you know, some majestic, I, I want to say majestic, but it's some nasty creature in some horror movie, but you're just dry heaving trying to cuz I don't do the fingers down the throat thing. It doesn't work for me. I don't really have a gag reflex. And even if I do, and I kind of gag, it's a it's a completely different part of my body that I feel is you know, summoned. I couldn't find the word there, but it just feels that when I gag, it's it's like a different part of my esophagus or throat that you know, starts to gag. Maybe it's my lungs, not my stomach. You know, when I gag myself, I don't know. I'm not sounding very intelligent right now. And that's fine. Cause I'm not a doctor. I am only a pathologist of life. I don't know what that means either. So I don't do the fingers down the throat thing. Just doesn't work for me. So I have to concentrate and actually control my gig reflex and kind of concentrate on throwing up and choosing to throw up and, you know, kind of working my muscles and working it up from my stomach and, and then throw up. But I hate that. I hate that I go from really having to puke and I'm super excited to just get it out of my system. Well, nobody's really excited to throw up, but I hate the feeling of my stomach feeling like I swallowed a fucking mace and I am harvesting a ball of nails. So I I just love the idea of being able to easily get it out and then go back to bed. Super simple, right? Throw up. It's like, "Oh, Oh, it's better the second time around. All right. Time for bedtime. And then you just go back to bed. Like that's the dream, but you sit there and you stick your face And that disgusting toilet that you, of course, on this day, haven't washed for six weeks. You really wish you did. But then again, the aroma is definitely supporting you wanting to throw up because it smells like a dumpster that was harvesting the bodies of a football team after a sweaty football game. So it's just nasty and you're sitting there and I I have to concentrate on just really working my body up to it. And then I, I I get this like harsh, dry heave, maybe two. And it hurts. Like I am throwing up my pelvic bone. It's not good. And then usually work up a little bit of a, an acid fill. And then It's that this is like the calm before the storm. You're sitting there and you're like, come on, just get it over with. It's, it's anticipating. You're like, anticipation is just building and building. You're like, come on. And then finally, it just is such a painful relief of just throwing up. So I throw up and I'm so happy. I think I'm done. It was a good throw up. And I go back to sleep. And I wake up three hours later and I do it again. Same exact thing. Just feeling. Like garbage, and then I go back to sleep, and then I wake up in the morning right before work and do the same exact thing. I've got no sleep, I'm exhausted, and I still go to work. I literally feel like I am a zombie like a fucking dead hooker just used after I was passed. My throat hurts, of course. I was also you know, shitting water so my ass hurts. I am just used and abused and every orifice raw, dry, disgusting. And I feel like I've been drained of all my fluids and life force. So I'm just going throughout the day, barely surviving. And what I'm not realizing, which sucks that I didn't realize this, is that... I just totally emptied myself of all of my fluids, all of my hydration. Like, I don't think, cause it's throughout the night. It's like if it was during the day, I would have thought, okay, I'm gonna go get something to replenish this, or I'm thirsty. I need to, of course, drink, but I'm in the, I'm trying to get sleep. So my first thought is get this throw up over with and get the fuck back to sleep because you need it. So I've done that all night and I'm going throughout the day and I am just dehydrated. I can't move. My head is throbbing. I just am barely functioning. I, and this is something that is getting progressively worse throughout the day as I'm trying to function as a human being. You know, I am just staring at the wall. Time is crawling. It's hilarious how you think time crawls. Some days at work when you're feeling okay, you're like, God, time's crawling. But when you are sick, like you are literally on the brink of death, time has never moved slower. You are so conscious and aware of time because you're not really doing anything to distract yourself. So that means you are paying way more attention to the clock in every moment. And it's not like you're paying attention every moment because it's valuable, like you're having a very genuine, night out with your girlfriend and you're like I want to make sure that I remember every moment this is the most precious thing of my life I want to be present to every moment no because that's when the shit flies because now you're not paying attention to the time and you are present and you're loving the time you're having so it- It's something that you don't even pay attention to. But when you're literally dead and you have nothing to distract you because you can't focus on a single fucking thing because the only thing you think of is how am I still alive at this point? The clock just crawls. So, and I can't eat anything. I know for a fact that if I eat anything, I'm throwing it up instantly. You know, because I didn't feel good before and I ate and I threw it up. That was the first time I threw up was the food I ate. Because I believe the food that actually got me sick was something around two. I went back to work, finished the day, felt fine. But then when I finished working at home, I felt a little sick, thought I was hungry. So I ate. Well, whatever I ate wasn't good enough to have... Well, actually... It was it was a good meal to have because throwing it up, I didn't feel too bad. It wasn't like a good meal. Like if I just had like a steak, something that I thought was really delicious, you know, something very nutritious, and then threw it up. I'd be like, that is such a fucking waste of money, nutrition, all that. But it was just a simple turkey meal, I believe, that I ate for dinner or maybe like a protein shake, whatever. Threw it up. No, I feel like it was actually something different because it wasn't good coming back up it hurt it was definitely painful so anyways I didn't eat all day so I don't know what it was like eight o'clock at night eight and I didn't eat for pretty sure like 27 hours I just completely did not eat I knew I couldn't put anything in my body I wasn't ready for it and I just zombified all day and then went to sleep, but as soon as work was over with, I went to the pharmacy and was trying to figure out like what to do. I knew what to do, but in my zombified, comatose state, your brain stops functioning. I'm sure it has to do with the dehydration and all sorts of different reasons because... Your brain's focusing on how your stomach has been assaulted and hates you for putting in what it did. And it's just an emergency mode of evacuation, evacuation, get the fuck out of here. Get this out of here. It's poison. It's poison. So it's obviously focusing on that and the fact that I have no fucking water going to my brain. Like, and like. Allowing it to be in my bloodstream as everything, you know, you're 80% water. My brain is now dehydrated and it's just dry as a bone. So it's not functioning properly. So I went to ask and they said, well, there's nothing, this, this isn't like preventative. So you don't want to get anything like immune boosters because your immune system's already shit. You literally have destroyed your immune system. There's no boosting it. Like those boosters are to like kind of help at this point you're in recovery mode, dude. You're literally kind of dragging yourself off the side of the road. There's no wearing a seatbelt at this point. You've already been ejected from the car and you're crawling off. So that way you don't get run over by more vehicles. So because I now realize kind of where I'm at, I kind of know that the next step is to rehydrate and get just a bunch of fluids in me that are, just chalked with good electrolytes and that as I realized that like my body is like cramping at this point too so I go and I get some um Pedialyte it's my go-to I grab some Pedialyte I think I maybe grab some like snack snack packs like maybe a couple nuts and things just in case if I want to try to maybe get some sustenance in me as my body's just looking to cycle through all the shit and poison and then maybe replace it with something because at this point I'm weak. I have no energy. I have no fuel, no sustenance. So not only am I dehydrated, but I'm also empty of any food. So I'm basically barely surviving at this point. I know I could probably go maybe another week or so. I think it's seven days without, seven minutes without air, Seven. Days without water and seven weeks without food? I think that's it. I don't know. If I'm wrong, tweet at me, shoot me something. I would love to, you know, be corrected. But anyway, so I could have lasted longer, but I felt like I was at day seven. Or no, I actually felt like I was more like at day six. Day seven, I would have been like one of the chimera. Victims in Mission Impossible too. So, I finally get some fluids in me. Strawberry lemonade is the best Pedialyte to get. It's very new. Back in the day, you did not have that flavor. Because back in the day, I learned, you know, by the tutelage and the leadership of my brother, who again? Like I said earlier, is one of the smartest men I know, and because we've tried all the flavors, that grape was the only flavor, and that's what we said. Like if you didn't have grape Pedialyte, you were fucking dumb. You were you were doing it wrong. Grape was the way to go, and I stayed true to that. And one day, somebody showed me that they had strawberry lemonade, and I came off in the same strong way of, you didn't get grape, you fucked up. Grape's the only and best Pedialyte, and then I tried it because I'm not opposed to finding the truth and trying new things and being wrong. I tried it and I admitted I was wrong. That strawberry lemonade is delicious. Like even talking about it right now makes me want it. And I might go get some. Probably not. I'm really tired right now. and lazy and I'm kind of talking to you guys. So a little busy, but it is, it is really good. I don't. I haven't had grape in comparison, so maybe I should buy two and I should do a shot to shot taste test, and maybe I can tell you guys about it. I don't know, but I had that and napped, ate a little bit. Also to get some like protein in me, I had some protein shakes because I knew that liquid form was the way to go, and that was like my heat like my emergency kit was Pedialyte, Muscle Milk. And cashews, just a little bit of like solid food, but very, you know, soft on the body. Um, So after that, I kind of slowly but surely healed as I also rested for most of the Sunday. I think that was a Saturday and Sunday and then Monday I kind of came back alive that was rough. So, Sunday's usually kind of when I record. So, Sunday was recovery day as I almost died. All right, as we shift away from that stuff, which hopefully didn't make you too sick to your stomach or gross you out too much and you're still with me. Hopefully, you stuck through that, learned something, or laughed a little bit. So, to bring more context to the timing of that food poisoning, that was two to three days right before I was going to go to New York. So when I got sick, it was like, no, this can't be a, a vi- this has got to be just a small virus. You're going to get over it real quick. And it's not something that's going to last the week. Cause you know, being sick and traveling just doesn't work. You can try it, but you're definitely, it's not going to be worth the trip and it's going to suck. And to cancel the trip would have been expensive and it just would have been all shit. And instead of having things go to shit, I worked my ass off and really took care of myself, set aside time, self-care, and got myself better. So that way, when I went to New York, I was healthy. So this was my first time to the big city, you know, the Big Apple. Um, New York, New York, you know, New York, New York, or whatever, Frank Sinatra was saying. So it was an experience. It was a hell of an experience. I probably could do a whole episode on New York, which I probably will do. But the thing is, is that in New York was my experience of timeshares. I didn't know what this trip, how it was happening, what it was entailing or anything like that. I just trusted my partner and we went, we traveled, you know, I trust her explicitly And I know whatever it is, we can handle it together. So I said, sure, let's do it. Let's go. And so what I found out is that there was going to be a meeting, like a presentation. I was like, cool. I don't know what it is presentation wise, but I kind of got the idea that it might be timeshare ish, but it's supposedly not a timeshare kind of, you know, trying to work around maybe the stigma of timeshare and try to reframe it or rebrand it. Let's rebrand timeshare so that way people don't instantly know it's a scam you know, and run away. So I was like, sure, presentation's fine. At first it was like, you don't have to go. And I was like, well, I want to go. And then after a while I was like, actually, I don't want to go. And then I heard there was free food and I was like, yeah, I definitely want to go. And we asked and we're like, do I have to stay around? Can I just have some food and leave? And they're like, yeah, I guess. I'm like, boom. Awesome. That's what I'll do. I'll go say hi, be nice, eat food, and then say, I got to go. Got a phone call, something like that. I don't know. So we went there and sat there through the spiel and they talked about like, it was, of course, the most campiest like stuff, and the guy kept calling on people in the audience. Was annoying as fuck. He kept looking at me and asking me questions, and I didn't want to be rude, you know, and not answer him because at that point, I thought that would be causing more of a problem than just answering his damn questions. But I was a little bit annoyed, so uh, it was one of those presentations that tries way too hard and isn't as interesting as he's leading on, tried to make jokes, tried to be funny, didn't land, isn't funny. It was horrendous. It was what you would expect from a timeshare presentation. But the thing is, is I expected a massive room of like hundreds of people. It was a room of six people. Well, six groups, six couples and six tables with six different representatives at each table. So we each had our own individual. It wasn't like we were being present like presented to, and then we were going to go to like, I thought it was just going to be, you're going to get presented to, and then you just walk off and ask questions. I thought it was super easy. No, we had a dude right there on us the entire time. And I was like, oh great, this is cool. We're being monitored and supervised while at this thing. Awesome. So does this be always talking about how, you know, all these places are expensive to go to. And how don't you want to stay five star? And he's comparing like a, a two star or a one star to a, a five star. And he's doing this whole spiel, trying to make it seem super appealing to live the lavish life on vacations and kept saying that you'd be able to do it your entire life. And that this would be something that you would be using the rest of your life. You could pass it up to your kids, you know, that kind of thing. But of course there's different levels. And that was like, the, the silver level and then there's bronze level, gold level, all that stuff. So he goes through his presentation and then we of course break off. I'm, I'm just stuffed. I've eaten, I've taken three trips cause I'm just, I'm getting my money's worth. And by that, I mean, I'm just going to eat free food cause it's there. And they said, so might as well, you know, when in Rome, eat a shit ton when it's free. So I'm, I'm just basically focused on eating while my partner's doing a lot of the talking. And then we eventually move out of there to, you know, do some touring of different, you know, rooms and what they look like and finding out more. And the entire time he's asking questions and when we're kind of not sure, he's like, I'm not, we're not here to push. We're not here to push, you know, you know, you know. We're going to do fine by ourselves. We do fine. We won't push you. And he just keeps going as we've, of course, brought up different reasons why we wouldn't be able to do anything today. And he's like, all right, well, let's check this out. So he's walking me around and walking me around and we're doing all these different things. And he's showing he's he's being very nice as everything's great. And then he sits down and he's he's putting out these different numbers. And we're basically have already said multiple times that, you know, we're not looking to do anything today. We can't make any decisions because there's we don't have the other partner because in this timeshare that they signed up for, whatever it was, they have a package with two people involved. And so we said, we don't have the other person, so we can't do this. But constantly... There were different offers thrown. He brought more people in. He goes, here's my manager. So we had to talk to more people, explain the situation. And they then intera- like reiterated like, oh, we're not going to push. OK, so if this isn't working for you, that's fine. We don't push. You know, We're going to do fine by ourselves. We're going to do fine. All right. So the entire time they keep saying this, but they keep pushing us, like doing exactly what they said they're not going to do. And at the end, he slides the paper. He goes, all right, so I know you're not going to sign this deal. So how did I lose you? It's like, if you're not going to push me, why are you already coming at us with a scenario where now you're going to try to find out why we didn't do it so then you can overcome those objectives and push? It's not – I don't know what your definition of push is. I don't know what their definition of push is, but they definitely don't know what the definition of push is to a – You know, somebody you're selling. They're definitely pushing. It was just funny to be in that situation and feel pressured, but yet be told that they're not going to pressure you. If they didn't pressure you, the moment we said we're not, we're probably not going to do anything, they would have let us go. But no, they are very much in a roundabout way, being dishonest, deceiving, and manipulating you right off the bat. I'm like, that's not good quality. You know, and I know those sales tactics uh, tactics, of, we're not going to push you we're not going to force anything upon you um but we're going to definitely um we're going to try everything we can to sell you which is pushing so we eventually were like I even called them out at that point I'm like what do you mean lose you you didn't lose us there's no losing why are you taking such a negative outlook at this we told you from the beginning we we can't make a decision because the other person, a part of this timeshare isn't here and we can't make decisions without them. So you didn't lose us. You never had us, but he's just like, don't get wrapped up in the lose, man. I, I You know, you're not going to buy today. Why is that? And I'm like, we've told you. And he goes, so how did I lose you? And I'm like, maybe because you pushed when you said you weren't going to push. I didn't say that, but it's just, it was a great experience, like I'm not going to take it away, but it's just at that point he made it so awkward like him as a salesman didn't didn't work for me, it just didn't work. It's not that he did things wrong or right, he just it didn't work. you know he didn't enroll me, he didn't sell me, it just didn't work, so we ended up leaving, of course, um without doing anything but we got paperwork and everything's fine so As I left and I'm just thinking about, you know, things and then time passed, I started to like feel some sort of like passion about their focus and how their focus is on the luxury and the materials. It's very materialistic, you know, for me, because the numbers game at the end was this, you know, after you buy this package like you would think I'm putting down 15 whatever $1000 for there's a certain point system so I think for 1000 points which those points equal certain vacation so one vacation may be 300 points so I have 1000 points every year and then they roll over so 1000 points this year and if I don't use it it goes 2000 points next year and then If I don't use it 3,000, so I get 1,000 each year and I pay 15,000 for that. And I think 4,000 is like $60,000. So some people just pay it all front or you can do a payment plans. So the fact that you're paying $60,000 for these points is crazy, but some people can do it. And I thought, okay, maybe there's some sort of benefit in just paying the money up front and then getting in then yet. I was to find out that you still have to pay money every year, even after that $60,000. So excuse my cough. So when you, when you pay the 15,000, like when that's all done, you only have this, is what he said, you only have like a $70 or like hundred something a a year. So you're telling me that I've already paid $15,000, but I still have to pay every year. Like that makes no sense. Why am I paying you $15,000 up front and then I still have to pay yearly? Plus this is just hotel. I hope you, everybody knows this. This is just for the hotel. So it doesn't cover, um, you know, rentals. It's not roped in for plane tickets. Like you can use your points. In the plane tickets, but then you would literally be able to only take like a vacation. So you're literally paying all this money for half of what they say, because they say you can take five really good vacations a year with this. If you do the four, 4,000 points, or if you do 1,000 points, you can take like one, but to think I'm paying $60,000, but then also I have to pay for my flight there. I have to pay for the rental car to and from and wherever I want to go. And I still have to pay yearly fees. And then if I want to travel out of the country, I get to pay additional fees. So this timeshare, you pay $60,000 and that's just the bottom rung of all the other expenses you do. And this is to and this is for somebody who can take five vacations a year to get your full usage out of it. You have to take five. Otherwise it rolls over and then it rolls over. So basically you're paying for all of these points, hoping that you can use them all. Otherwise you're wasting your money and you're not going to get your money's worth at the end. (laughs) They flood you with all these points and make you pay for them as it's a benefit but they know that you're not going to use these points. So in the long run, they're actually saving money. So they're like, crazy, we're going to give you all these points. Yeah, you can give me all these points knowing I'm not going to use them, so they're just going to go to waste, yet I'm paying for them. And I think there's a value in paying for all these points, yet I'll never use them unless if I'm not working. And at that point, then money's not an issue and I don't need your timeshare and I can spend whatever it is on a vacation. But to think that you have to earn money – take this time off. You can take off like five weeks in a year for vacation, which of course loses out on money that you could earn to then afford these vacations. You have to pay for flights, pay for, um, of course the rental cars and all that stuff. And then that's just to stay at a hotel. So you pay $60,000, use all these points just to stay at a nice hotel. But You're not going to even be at the hotel the majority of your time there if you're doing it right. If you're actually doing a vacation right, you will spend 10% of your fucking time at the goddamn hotel. So you're going to spend shit tons of money, $60,000 for a good hotel that you will spend 10% of your vacation on. At that rate, you might as well stay your ass in the hotel. And at that point, why are you leaving, leaving the country? You might as well just go down to the hotel that the five-star hotel in your town and just stay there, sleep it there, exp- like experience that. And it's way cheaper because you don't have to travel. You just drive down. There you go. Save money on airfare and rental cars. It's just ridiculous. The focus. That's one thing I think I got really adamant about and passionate about is that the focus is on such materials that don't even fucking matter. That's what we do. We focus on things that don't even matter. Why not, instead of spend so much money on the five-star hotel, why not get a two-star hotel that has a bed and a fucking roof, which is all you really need. And, you know, basic amenities. Obviously, you don't want to stay in a shithole motel. But a hotel has a reasonable cost with reasonable amenities and, you know, decent staying environment. And then spend the money that you would on a five-star and actually spend it on activities and time, things to do with the family. You know, like going to caverns, doing bungee jumping, doing uh, tours, um, you know, different things. Because you, if you want to do those on top of this timeshare, you're going to pay out your fucking ass. You know, because things cost. So if you want to do activities with your family, that's on top of the already shit tons of money you've already um, spent on the hotel, which you again, should be only spending about 10% of your time at, you know, and I know it's about luxury. It's about feeling like a King for the day is what they said, but a King doesn't base his kingship on his kingdom. He's a King, no matter where he goes. Think about that. A King is a King for a day. Every day he lives cause he lives as a King. So if I'm sitting in the biggest, most expensive hotel ever compared to a motel, I'm still a king. Really, truly, if I want to be that king, if I perceive the life I have to be of a king, you know, if I appreciate and I'm super grateful for those things around me that don't even cost money, like love and time and, you know, you know, quality time and spending it and being grateful for those things around you, like. You don't need all this thing, all these things you're spending money on. Like our society is growing more and more into useless, unnecessary materials to prove that your life is good or to give you happiness or to make you feel better about your life. It's just a band-aid on a bigger gash of insecurities and problems that you're not actually really working on. You're only trying to cover it up and the blood is seeping through and you keep trying to put more and more band-aids off and it's costing you money instead of taking the time to sew that shit up and work on yourself. So I just got really passionate because the timeshare is just, it's just a scheme. It's just so ridiculous. I don't, I think it's a waste of money, a waste of time. And it's just a bunch of people trying to take advantage of older people who might not know more, like know better or take advantage of, you know, the ignorantly rich. I don't know. So I didn't obviously go for it at first when I was first there though, it it sucked me in like their presentation got me a little bit. I was like, this would be awesome. This is great. But of course, they don't talk anything about the price of what it costs when you do the presentation. They don't speak truth when it comes to what is the deep down. They wait for the person to be one-on-one to do that. They just talked about how how much it costs to go places and how much they could save you on it. They're like, we could make this vacation that usually costs $5,000, you know, we can do it in certain points and only do a couple, it'd only be 300 points. All right. And they don't even mention how much points are or anything like that. They don't do that in the presentation. They're not real about it. They like withhold a lot of details. And when we were sitting down, I didn't ask any of these details. Like I would have loved to have had this open dialogue with them, but it wasn't my show. It wasn't my thing. I was there to support and be, you know, loving and helpful. and, Hold that space so we could get through the presentation smoothly and quickly. Because it was said to be a 60 to 90 minute presentation. Doesn't sound bad. It ended up being a three hour ordeal because they don't push, right? If they didn't push, it would have been exactly 90 minutes because at the end of that, we would have said no and they would have been okay. But no, they spent extra time, did extra things to get us to possibly purchase yet they don't push. I just wish people were more upfront and honest. You might sell me in the honesty, but you fooling me and me having to figure out that you're trying to manipulate me isn't going to work for anybody, really. So that is my timeshare experience. I don't know if any of you have had timeshare experiences or any like pyramid scheme or anything like that. So if you want to reach out to me, share me your stories. That'd be super interesting to hear more about that and talk about what do you think? Or are you a are you a big component of timeshares? Do you work for a timeshare company or a hotel or something like that where you see that there could be benefit? I don't know. I do want to travel, I do want to see the world, but I don't need to stay at a hotel that's five star. You know, Airbnb is the most amazing you know, company app, um, you know, kind of tool to use when it comes to traveling. Like it's totally competing with hotels and why hotels are trying so hard and why these things exist and why some places are probably suffering is because people are using other people's places. You know, I rather stay at a house. I don't need an entire building filled with people saying on vacation, I'm fine with just having a room in an apartment becoming and feeling like a local, you know, I'd rather do that because it's not about how you're living, but what you do when you're there. So it was um, <clears throat> interesting, but I just, um, I don't think that's the way I'm going to do it. At first I thought maybe it'd be something that I would even invest in, but then when the money came up, and they brought up how much it would be and i thought about the point system and how there's no way you can you can do like work all these points and do a year and it's just going to accumulate to the point then you die but It also i think really takes into place that you live a long life like there's these 90-year-old no not 90 that's, that's aggressive 50 or 60-year-old people that are doing this program and this plan paying all this money And they're, they're no way going to get their full, the full, they're not going to utilize the entire plan and get the biggest bang for their buck, unless that they live to be 150. And I know that I'm not going to live that long. I just have a feeling that the way I live and (laughs) the things I do are going to cause my life to maybe be shorter than an average lifespan. So also getting into this right now at my age, isn't probably the smartest investment, but if you were to do a timeshare, the way to do it is right at like 18. Like when you have the, your entire life ahead of you. And even then, it's still probably a complete ripoff. I don't know. I'm not a big money person, but it just sounds like a ripoff to me. Alright, so we're getting close to the end of the episode, just taking some time to let my blood pressure you know, um, drop a little bit, I just thought I lost a segment of my episode and I would have had to re-record it, which would have been absolutely frustrating and probably would have caused me to thunder punch my computer, but I looked and found it, figured it out, got it, so not a waste of time. Like, I thought that might have been, and that would have been super frustrating, but now I'm cool as a cucumber, which I don't get that saying. I don't know. Let's look that saying up. I don't get it. Let's find out what it is. All right, here we go. Let's see what the Google says. All right. Okay, extremely calm, relaxed, and in control of your emotions. This phrase may have originated from the fact that even in hot weather, the inside of cucumbers are approximately 20 degrees cooler than the outside air. Wow. Used in a sentence. I know that Tom was really nervous before he bungee jumped, but he looked cool as a cucumber. Wow. That's cool. Well, maybe that's a new segment, you know, old saying, new understanding. So now we know what that means. And now we have a new segment. That's really cool. Well, earlier in the episode, I mentioned different ways to contact me, reach out to me or anything like that. So I'll just love to go over those again in case if you didn't catch them or I didn't say them because I didn't mention all the ways that you can reach me. Of course, you can reach me um, via email at not your mom's podcast at yahoo.com. You can also tweet at me at the nymp, which is T-H-E-N-Y-M-P. Of course, Not Your Moms Podcast, the uh, initials of it. You can also reach me at Tumblr at not your mom's podcast. And you can of course find me on Anchor. That's another way possibly if you have the Anchor app. That's the app I'm using as well. So you can reach me there and view my episodes there if you don't want to do it. Otherwise, it is streamed live over any different application and podcast software you know like itunes and all of that jazz so you can find it there and again i've been your host my name is bob aka mr incredible aka incredible hulk aka the pumpkin of fruit And with fall coming up and Halloween coming up, which I'm super excited about, it's my favorite holiday, you know, pumpkins are going to get a lot more popular. Pretty much only once a year, or let's say a season a year, fall, which of course is my birthday season, the best season, perfect weather season. So it makes sense that the pumpkins thrive and flourish during this season, which is why I'm the pumpkin of fruit. Thank you so much again. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. And don't forget that no matter what, you are loved and you have the capacity to love. It's just a choice of how you see things and how you perceive yourself. Much love. Cue up the outro music. Bow, bow, bow. Ma-na-na-na-na. Bow, bow, bow. Ma-na-na-na-na. Bow, Ma, na, Ma,